So just want to give uh, Pastor Jeff an opportunity to greet you all. He's been here several times, and he just managed to time it when I'm gone every time. So, But uh, he, he got the right one this time. So good. Just stand right here. So You're good. Okay, all right, good. Um, wow, I uh, normally have so much to say, but um, I, I think the biggest thing that I just want to share is our vision. And uh, Eric and I, uh, about it's been almost a year year now that we took over uh, what, what we know as tweens in Open Bible. We, we just started calling it kids because I got confused between teens and tweens, and we're new to Open Bible, so I'm still trying to figure it all out. But uh, we call it the Open Bible East Kids Ministry. And um, when we were asked to take it, we didn't want to just take it over to do just a camp. We actually wanted kids ministry to become a huge priority in the church again. So we said yes with the mission of accomplishing exactly that. And so we've, uh, the Lord has given us what we call five and five, which is five big goals in the next five years. And so I just, uh, whenever I get an opportunity to share, I can't help but just share those. And um, the first one is that, uh, um, that uh, uh, we want to be able to make camp not just another camp where kids can just go and have fun. They can go to a YMCA camp or any local camp for that matter. But we want, to have, we want camp to be an opportunity where they can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They can receive the fire that God has, and they can come back, and they can be used in active ministry in the local church and in their community. That's what we desire to do. Uh, and we saw a glimpse of that this past year, so we know that we're on the right track to see that happen. We also want to create uh, educational opportunities within the community. We want to do homeschool co-ops and, and work with our educational facilities to be able to have an opportunity to partner with them so that we can begin to invest in the kids that are in our community and we can help, uh, we can help um, give them uh, homeschool parents curriculum and, and wisdom and advice on how to teach the things of God in their home and to their children while they're giving them an education. So uh, we want a biblical-based education so that they can grow and know the things of God and live that every day. Another thing that we want to do is we want to start what's called Kids Cot, and we're actually going to launch this next year in 2023. And basically, it's, an, it's a one big worship service where kids come together and they use their talents to glorify God. And we're going to be going to every district and being able to, uh, or at least five or six districts, maybe not every district, but at least five or six districts to make that happen. And we're super excited about that. Um, the next one, what number four, I'm missing one. Help me out. Networking, that, that's huge. We want to network the kids' ministry leaders because there are so many people that sacrifice every Sunday to be downstairs or upstairs or in, in, on the first level, wherever we are, but they give their all for our kids. And we just want to partner with them to say, hey, we got your back. We love you. We appreciate you, and you're valuable. And the last thing that we want to do is we want to make, in the next five years, we want kids' ministry kids ministry to be the number one priority in the church in the next five years and I believe it can happen and I think that God is going to make that happen and we're super excited that we get the opportunity to partner with him to make that a reality so thank you very much Hallelujah. Um, this uh, last year for Kids Camp, they had almost 90 kids at Kids Camp, so uh, um, it's growing, and we are excited about that. Um, it's a wonderful time um, to be part of uh, what God's doing, and I know I've shared with many of you before, for me, uh, being at youth camp was where I received my call from the Lord, and uh, uh, that was uh, uh, almost uh, 40, uh, 36 years ago. Uh, no, 40 years ago that I received my call from the Lord. And so um, 40 years ago uh, this year, and so we, uh, we are so thankful that God has been, um, you know, faithful to call people into areas of ministry. So praise God. Uh, this morning, um, the message I have for you is 
Um, the God who fights. How many of you were fighters growing up? It's okay, you know. You got in trouble a lot fighting. You know, I, my wife is raising her head, of course. You know, she was. <laughs> now, some of you think, you know, you stereotype it's only guys that get in trouble fighting all the time. That is the farthest from the truth. I've seen some girls getting some pretty, you know. Uh, I ran an after-school program in South Dakota for seven years. And, and I'll tell you, the, I had more fights in my um, elementary girls, you know, uh, than any of the guys' groups that we had. So they, they really knew how to throw it down. Um, but, um, you know, fighting uh, in so many ways is looked at as a negative, and yet, you know, we fought for our freedom we fought wars to not only for our freedom but for the freedom of others and we are we are thankful for the opportunity to uh to be part of a free nation uh, we're thankful for the opportunity to have the freedom to worship god uh, as we do and so uh, as i look at this this process this picture of a god who fights for us um, it, it reminded me of an illustration I heard a number of years ago, and I, it, it's got a lot of humor to it, so you'll enjoy this. Uh, an elderly Florida lady uh, was doing her shopping, and upon returning to her car, found four men in the act of leaving with her vehicle. She, this, would be, this would be a lane. You can picture a lane in this picture. She dropped her shopping bags, drew her handgun, proceeded to scream at them at the top of her voice. I have a gun and I know how to use it. Get out of my car. The four men didn't wait for a second invitation, but got out and ran like mad. The lady, somewhat shaken, loaded her shopping bags in the back of the car and got in the driver's seat. She was so shaken that she could not get her key into the ignition. She tried and tried, and then it dawned on her why. A few minutes later, she found her own parked car four or five spaces further down. <laughs> she loaded her car bags in her own car and drove to the nearest police station. The sergeant to whom she told the story was laughing so hard, he was crying and pointed to the other end of the counter where four male, pale men were reporting a carjacking. <laughs> By, by a crazy elderly woman, described as white, less than five feet tall, glasses, curly white hair, carrying a very large handgun. <laughs> you see why I said it reminds you of Lane? Not the, you know, white hair, but. <laughs> Nobody's telling your secrets, Elaine. No charges were filed, and everybody went home. Well, at least somewhat happy. So, so you know, sometimes um, we uh, get a little caught up with some of the, uh, the fights that are going on, and sometimes we have someone fighting for the wrong cause, right? <laughs> um, I, I remember a couple of years ago, I was coming out of Walmart, and uh, um, an elderly lady had parked too close to um, a gentleman in his, which wasn't really that nice of a car, but for him, he was 
pretty proud of this. And as he, she was pushing her grocery cart down between the cars to put her stuff away, I mean, he, she was nowhere near. He, he was coming out of Walmart at the same time, immediately began to yell at her and scream. And I had already gotten in my car. Um, and I have never been more, um, I'm not, I used to be a fighter. Uh, that side of me has left until that day. Um, but I immediately um, <laughs> unbuckled my seatbelt and was getting out of my car. It's like, this guy needs a whooping, you know. Now, I don't have any idea if the whooping would have happened, but I'm thankful that this gentleman saw a brighter light and he quit yelling and, and he apologized to the, the elderly lady and, and everything was smoothed out there. But uh, uh, I'm thankful that I, I didn't have to fight for that moment. But you know what? We have a God that's willing to fight for us. And sometimes we forget about the fact that God is willing to go to bat for our lives. And so uh, this morning I want to share just a few illustrations about how God is willing to fight for us. And I think they're important. Uh, How many of you have ever been afraid of a moment? You know, uh, now I know certain people in here that take pride in scaring each other. Um, I'm not pointing them out on who they are, but, but there are those that love to scare people. Now I will tell you, prior to my marriage, that would have been me right in the midst of that. And, and maybe at times I still partake of it when my wife is not around. Um, but it was one of those things where, you know, someone would scare you. And how many of you have ever been punched because someone scared you? You punched them, you know. All right, um, you know, that would have been me. My first reaction is to hit whatever jumps in front of me like that, right? You know, it, it's not necessarily the right action, but growing up the way I did, that was your first reaction. If someone jumps out at you, you're swinging with something. Um, and so we all have scary moments, and yet we serve a God that tells us to not be afraid, right? You know, there are a lot of people that talk about how Scripture says, you know, over 365 times that we should not be afraid. Now, whether there are actually 365 different opportunities where the Scripture points out not to be afraid, I, I'm not, I've not counted them, uh, nor am I concerned about whether or not someone is 100% accurate on the number. This one theme is true when you look throughout the Scripture. God says to us as His children, to fear not, to don't be afraid. Don't be afraid for why, for I am with you. Now, I I love that my grandkids have this thought process. You know, our garage isn't this dark and scary region. And yet when there's there are times when they're sent downstairs to the garage to the extra refrigerator to pick up something, their thought is, um, I need someone to go with me. Why? Well, I'm afraid. Well, what are you afraid of? I don't know. Because there's nothing in the garage um, except for most of you know, you know, our extra you know, stuff and, and their toys. And yet, they feel much more at peace just having even, even one of their brothers. I mean, let's be honest. If, if Gabe is going down and he needs someone and Levi's there with them, 
does that extra present, if there really was someone there, is the presence of Levi going to change the situation? But it, but it provides peace to know you're not alone. And, and the reality is, God wants us to be at peace because we are not alone. He is with us. Um, I remember growing up, I grew up out in uh, the country, um, and the one thing that I never liked walking by, and I, was, I spent a lot of time walking growing up, was um, cemeteries. Was anybody else? Now today, I'm in them all the time, and it doesn't bother me. But when I was a kid, I had no desire to walk near a cemetery. It, it just wasn't going to be on my docket to go do. Um, but now it does see and my mindset at the time was fixated on things that weren't realistic but we have to prepare our minds for what is real and for us many of us today the reality is if we can somehow wrap our minds around this picture that God never leaves us that he never forsakes us that he's always present that can provide an assurance and a, and a peace that it will enable us to go through the different trials and challenges of life. God is always with us. So whether there's 365 times in the Scripture that uh, God instructs us to not be afraid, the truth is we shouldn't be afraid because God is with us. And I know that Michael and Tia work with their children on just that mindset. Don't be afraid. God is with you. And when we get into the Scripture and several of our illustrations today will help drive home, uh, drive home this fact that God is with us and there is, a, there is a greater presence with us than against us. But we have to daily at times hour by hour at times, minute by minute at times, second by second at times, work on the thought process that God is with us. Because even though we know, we forget when we're in the midst of a difficult time, right? So we have to have that, that constant reminder, that reinforcement that continually prepares our mind that God is with us. So here's my question for you today. What battle do you need to give to God and let Him fight for you that's going on in your life? What battle do you need to turn over to God? What are you dealing with today that the truth is, whether you deal with it or not, you don't have the ability to deal with it? Because some battles that we are trying to fight, we literally can't win them. But if we turn them over to God... They can, we can experience victory in our lives. So I'm going to give you three specific illustrations. First one today, God will fight for your family. Now, you don't have to raise your hand on this. I can be the person who just acknowledges um, these moments in my life. But how many of you have ever had one of those brain dead moments that you do something so, I won't use the word, that starts with F, but just so not smart. We'll use that S word, okay? <laughs> I was instructed I'm not supposed to use that other word. <laughs> but we can use that word, um, not smart. And it, 
and it will compromise our family. It will put our families in a place that um, they're at risk. You know, sometimes it's driving in situations. Um, <laughs> I remember one time we were coming back when my, our, my kids were all young. We were coming back from um, South Dakota. We were driving into Dayton. And um, um, this, we drove off, and I can't remember even where we were at, but we got off at an exit, and it was not in a safe area of town, and we gassed up, and, and, and there, the, uh, there was an officer there, and he said, you really need to just gas up and go ahead and keep going. You know, this isn't a good area for you to be, Right? Sometimes we put our, our families at risk, not intentionally, but because we just, we don't know the risk that is present, right? We, we get ourselves, our families in a place that there is an opportunity for harm to come. Genesis chapter 12. Now, I'm going to give you just a short portion of this. But it's important to understand that this is, uh, this is prior to God blessing Abraham and Sarah and speaking into their life their full potential, their full future. But in, in verse chapter 12, verses 10 through 20, it says, Now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt. See, he still has gotten the shortened version of his, uh, his uh, uh, prophetic name. He's Abram. He went down into Egypt to live there for a while because a famine was severe. And as he was about to enter Egypt, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. Now that's a great compliment, right? When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. And they will kill me, but they will let you live. Now does that sound like that was a lot of courage in that young man? That's right, Isaiah. No, it does not. So say you are my sister so that I will be treated well for your sake. And my life will be spared because of you. When Abram came to Egypt, the Egyptians saw that Sarai was a beautiful woman and went to Pharaoh's officials. Uh, went, and when Pharaoh's officials saw her, they praised her to Pharaoh and she was taken into his palace. And he, had, he treated Abram well for her sake. And Abram acquired sheep and cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. She was a beautiful woman, and, and the Pharaoh was going to bless Abram for the gift that he was taking from him. But the Lord inflicted serious disease on Pharaoh and his whole household because of Abram's wife, Sarai. So Pharaoh summoned Abram. What have you done to me? He said. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister? So that I took her to be my wife. Now then, here is your wife. Take her and go. Then Pharaoh gave orders about Abram and his men. And they sent him on his way with his wife and everything he had. So Abram put his wife in a difficult place that could have compromised her, and God showed up and protected her. I am thankful for God's protective hand. Sometimes we act out of fear of what could happen 
And we miss out on God providing the blessings that could have come. Now, we, we don't know the full blessings that could have been poured out on Abram had he just walked in faith for the things that God was calling him into. But in this moment, he made a decision. Now, he didn't realize that uh, Pharaoh was going to take her to be his wife, but he still made his decision, and he compromised his wife's position. Church, as, and I'll speak to the men right here, but this really can go either way. We need to make sure that we guard our families and not put, a, put them in a position that could cause them to be compromised. We have control over those moments. And it may mean that we have some denial pieces that are present in our life. I remember uh, many times in my early uh, days of marriage that um, I was... I was given to a lot of uh, violent fighting movies. I, I loved the good victor coming out, but they were violent. You know, there were a lot of fighting, a lot of death. Um, and even though it was part of my growing up process, it wasn't healthy for my mental well-being. And so there was a point that I had to come to that I had to consider my marriage over some of those things that I thought, oh, this was so much enjoy enjoyment to be part of. So what are we willing to sacrifice in our families to protect those that we love? You know, I know that you've all here probably have been part of seeing something that, uh, you know, caused you to have nightmares and different things. Um, you have to protect your family. Is it really worth that moment to possibly introduce something into your family that could be detrimental? Now, I am thankful that God comes along and protects us. And yet, that does not remove the responsibility that is ours to make better decisions. But God is a protector of our families and many times steps in when we make those those bonehead moves uh, along the way. And if you don't know what a bonehead move is, you can come talk to me later and I can give you a better education on that. Number two, God will fight for your hope. Now we live in a day that people are stressed, right? Have you ever felt overwhelmed in the, in the last year? In the last two years? <laughs> um, this week? Yeah. It's easy with everything going on in our society to feel overwhelmed. Surrounded by your problems. Or maybe not surrounded by your problems, surrounded by other people's problems. Because let's be honest, some people have a gift of making their problems yours. And in those moments, it's like, hey listen, I already have enough going on, can you not give me yours? And yet, people are just freely giving their problems over but God again comes in the midst of those moments to restore hope because I believe that we live in a day and age that people need to know that there is someone fighting for your hope second Kings chapter 6 is one of my favorite illustrations of this Elisha the prophet and his servant were were gathered uh, out in a, in a tent camping. How many of you have gone out on a tent camping moment? 
And Elisha's uh, servant stepped outside and he, he saw that they were surrounded by a vast army. We're going to pick up at verse 15. It says, when the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. There was just Elisha and his servant. It's not like Elisha was this vast army in the, in the midst of this camping moment. It was Elisha and his servant. And they were surrounded by troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. It says, oh sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. And Elisha, you know, in that confident demeanor, says, don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than on theirs. And the servant is saying, listen, I know I came with you. (laughs) I'm the one that was carrying all the stuff. There is no one else. It's you and I. But see, he was stuck on what he could see, what he could understand. And let's be honest, so many times we get stuck in our problems in church because we are fixated on the immediate problem that we lose sight of God's provision. That God is securing our hope. And then Elisha prayed in verse 17, it says, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. How many times have we needed God to open our eyes to see the hope that is present? And the Lord opened the young young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. God just one-upped the other army. They were surrounded by horses and chariots of fire. There was an overwhelming army that was present to provide the, the protection. And see, Elisha didn't He didn't go out and look. He already knew that God was there to protect his hope. He was present. He had the confident assurance. And I believe there comes a point in the life of every believer, they walk with that assurance. And then there are days that we forget that God is present. You know, um, I was, we were at the pool um, over at Braden's parents' house, and uh, it was a couple weeks ago, and, and, and Isaiah is getting comfortable with the water. He's two, you know, he's getting comfortable. There are times he'll come down a step or two, and, you know, and there are times he'll let you carry him around in the water and stuff. He's getting comfortable. So he was getting up out of the water and stuff, and, and, and Nancy works with him, works, has worked with all the kids on learning to jump in the water and, and learning to swim and all those things. And, and um, so I had just, you know, it was just me and him and the other uh, buddies in the water, and um, I just put him up on the top. I turned. I'm not expecting this. He's not that person that just jumps. And all of a sudden, he just jumps. Complete confidence that I'm going to catch him. Was I prepared? Not a bit. Not a bit. But but Isaiah did not think about whether or not I was prepared. He knew I would catch him. I did. I caught him on my face, you know. (laughs) So he was safe. He didn't go under. My face recovered, you know. But the last thing that would have happened was me to let him go. 
you know, I'm willing to sacrifice a little pain to protect, but imagine what God has endured to protect us. You know, we look at Jesus going to the cross and the pain of that journey to the cross. He endured so much to provide a protective presence for us. To to protect our hope. He will fight for our hope. You're not alone, church. And, And third, God will fight for your freedom. God will fight for your freedom. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 15 through 17. He said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Now, see, you have to understand that the, the armies of, of Aram were gathered against them, and the children of Israel, just prior to this verses, these verses, were complaining because God had sent them through and had... They, they had been instructed to intentionally not enter into battle with these different groups during their journeys through. So they had not done anything. They had left them alone. And now they're coming through and these armies are amassing against them. And they're whining and complaining. It's like, God, you told us not to touch them. And we didn't. And now we're coming back through and they're here to attack us. And God says to him, he says, this is what the Lord says, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will then, uh, you will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeru. But you will not even need to fight. Take your position and then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you. O people of Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. See, when God has told you to intentionally avoid an area that He's going to take care of it, there has to be that confidence and trust that He is going to take care of it. I can't tell you the number of times that I was in a, in a weak moment mentally and I, and I just needed to know God was present. And at that moment, um, someone would call, someone would, would uh, stop by, something would happen where I would, my mindset was immediately shifted because God sent someone into my path. And in uh, and I know, I know beyond a shadow of a I know in my knower that it was God protecting my freedom. See, we don't realize that many times the reason we sacrifice our freedom is we lose a mindset that tells us that we're free. That we're walking in freedom. And if we lose that mindset, we become captives, not, me, not because of what this other force is putting on us, but because we walk in a level of servanthood to a problem. It's like the time where you see these individuals that have trained a horse to the point they're on a, a lead rope and they take them and, and, and they'll tie this lead rope to a little plastic item, a plastic chair. 
And because that, that horse has been trained, that once that lead rope has been tied off on whatever it's tied off on, that the horse won't even try to move from that place. Because they've been conditioned that they're stuck. That they are captive in that moment. The, the reality is that lead, that, that item that they're tied to doesn't have the ability to hold them, but it, because its mindset is fixed on the lead rope being tied off, they remain in that position stuck. It's a mindset that has been created for them that prevents them from being able to walk in freedom. And for many of us today, we become stuck in an area because our mindset is stuck, is fixated on the wrong thing. So I'm going to give you three action steps as we prepare to close. Three action steps. We all need, we all need things that we can focus on that are going to help us to walk in a manner that allows God to fight the battles that He can fight in our lives. The first one is this, you need to fix your mind. Because if you don't fix your mind, nothing else matters. Um, I have been part of sports um, most of my life. And when they tell you that, that 90% of the game is mental, yes, there is a physical piece to every game, but if you mentally can approach the game with the right mindset, even if you are not as physically um, strong as the opponent, if you are mentally prepared, you can be even stronger than they are. Because you have the right mindset. See, we have to be smarter than the enemy. We, we can't keep walking around as if Everyone is stronger than us. It's like these little yappy dogs. How many, how many of you have you've ever seen these little yappy dogs that are not afraid of anything? Okay. They, they don't know that they're a little yappy dog. They think they are this, this monstrous beast and that everyone should fear them. Um, and then you'll see these monstrous dogs that could eat them, that a little cat that will swing at them will make them run. And you're thinking, what in the world is your problem? Just, just, just slap that thing and it's going to be... But no, their mindset has been created already and they're fearful. There was something that happened in that dog's life that created a fear mindset and and it's locked in and and these dogs even though they're they're they may be five ten years old because of that mindset they're stuck how many of you have ever been stuck because of a mindset and you keep allowing something to keep dragging you through the mud and yet scripture says greater is he that is within you than he that's in the world that there is this force within us that has the ability to raise, you know, from the dead. You know, that which was dead can be alive again simply because of the presence of Jesus Christ that is within us. So we need to work on our minds every day. And it, the truth is, when I say every day, I, I really mean not just every day, 
but every hour, every minute, and every second of the day. Because the truth is, as soon as you give, you take a break from working on your mindset, it is in that moment that you can give in and be destroyed. You always have to work on your mindset. And two, we have to walk by faith. <laughs> the, the thing that has really discouraged me the most over the church over the last ten years is for a group that has part of their motto that we walk by faith and not by sight, the truth is if we don't see it, we don't walk in it. <laughs> you know, it's just, it is frustrating to watch the church be so stuck that they can't walk in faith in an area. God says to go this direction and we say, well, let's, we need 12 signs. <laughs> uh, or as soon as God provides all of this, then we'll know that he's wanting us to move there. And, and we start setting all these things in motion. Now, I'm not picking on anybody here. Don't be offended. I'm just saying, God's called us to walk by faith. And we can't be stuck on the things that we can't see. And then finally, we have to learn to let it go. Elaine, I'm so glad that you get happy when you figure those out. Let it go. Elaine is one of those people, if you're visiting with us, uh, she, she has to have every blank filled out. If I, if I ever put a blank on there and intentionally don't fill it in, I'm in trouble. Because if, if there is a blank on a sheet of paper, unless it says it's, her, it's for her name, I'm in trouble. Now, I can't help her. I, I could help her if I tell, you know, she forgot her name. But as many times as people say it, she'll, she'll know it. But we have to learn to let things go. How many times are we going to hold over our own mistakes? Our own failures? I mean, let's be honest. We're supposed to learn from them. But some, at some point, we have to let it go. The truth is, the mistakes that I, I happened in my 20s, they're gone. 30s, they're gone. <laughs> 40s, they're gone. Early 50s, they're gone. Actually, I mean, as much as I want to, you know, I may want to reminisce about some of my mistakes, even the things that I did wrong yesterday, uh, it's gone. I can't fix it. Now, to, I can, uh, there is something sometimes I have to correct so that I don't repeat it, right? But then once I deal with it, once I come to, I have a moment with God and I fix that, I have to let that go and start working on the solution of moving forward in an area. And that's a hard thing to do. Sometimes we want to just wallow in our mistakes. Um, and, and the truth is they're not going to help us. They're just... The enemy will beat us to a tar as long as we want to stay there. And we have to learn to let those things go at some point so that we can move forward. And listen, I've made lots of mistakes in my life. For someone who talks as much as I do, listen, I say things the wrong people at the wrong time. It happens. But I, I have to learn to let those things go. I, want to, I correct them. I apologize to people on a regular basis. <laughs> Sometimes I haven't done anything wrong, but I need to apologize just to make sure. And then that becomes the trap. 
Because then I start apologizing to people I haven't done anything wrong to. It's like, well, why are you apologizing? I have no idea. And then that becomes another trap because you're trying to make sure that you're, someone thinks you're sorry for something that, you know, maybe you see something going on in their life and you think you offend them. They say, well, why are you apologizing? I have no idea. I just thought it might make you feel better. Why does me telling you I'm sorry anyway make you feel better? I don't know. We get stuck in those things. We have to let those things go. We have to let go all of the enemy's tactics to bring us to a place of defeat. Because as soon as he can do that, we're stuck. So, fix your mind, walk by faith, let it go. Those are things that we can do this week. Those are things that we can do today. So that we can move in a place that lets God fight the battle for us. God will fight for you. He is a fighter. And let me just tell you, his resources are so much better. His army, so much bigger. Learn to let it go. I'd ask Meredith to sing our, our song today, Egypt, because it focused on the God who fights for you. And if you can leave here today with that thought process that there is a God that is out there fighting for you, in those moments you make some, some bonehead decisions and, and you put your family at risk. God is fighting to protect your family. God is fighting to protect your hope, to make sure you believe and still trust in the things that He has provided. And God is working at protecting your freedom. Let's pray. Father, thank You for this day and I pray Your blessing on Your people today. Whatever is going on in each of their lives, I pray that they would come to a place of, of fixing their mind on you. I, I, I remember your word as you were approaching that moment of, of the cross and you, you said you had to fix your mind. You had to fix your mind, your thoughts, so that you could continue moving forward with the challenges that were set before you. And when we fix our mind, God, when we fix our thoughts on the things of you, on the things that are above, we're able to endure, we're able to push through some difficult moments simply because we trusted in you. When we understand that, that you are fighting for our hope and that there is a greater army that is with us than against us, we have the ability to approach each day with a new level of confidence and trust. And we thank you for that. And as we focus on you and, and we begin to realize that you are fighting for our freedom every day, that we know that when the enemy comes against us, that you, when we've surrendered those things to you, you're going to fight those battles. That we have to, we have to walk by faith in those moments. We have to let go of the mistakes, move forward in faith so that we can see the victory that is present for our lives. And so we thank you for that today, God. I pray your blessing to go before us as we walk in the reality of who you are and who you want to be in our lives so that we can become victorious in these things. And we thank you for these things. We ask for this in your name, Lord. Amen. Praise God. At this time, we're going to wait upon you for a morning tithes and offering.
We're excited to be able to continue to give and support what God's doing. Uh, several projects that are going on and that we've been able to uh, you know, pay for because of your faithfulness in giving. We, you'll notice the ramp out here finally has gotten done. They put, uh, milled that and put a new layer of asphalt down and stuff. Uh, uh, we were able, to, were able to pay for that all because you know, we didn't have to borrow money. We've, we've had that because of your faithfulness. We've got some new doors um, last year we put new doors at all three of the main entrances and then the fire department came through this year and said we had to take care of all the other doors um, and so praise God we had the money that we we're getting all three of those doors replaced I think this this week or next so praise God for that and we had the money to do it and um, not this week, but next, the following week, we should have our company coming in to install our new sign. And so, um, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for the provision that is there because we've had the money to do these things. It wasn't necessarily that we thought we were doing all these things this year, but sometimes things happen. How many of you have ever had anything break that you didn't plan on? But because of the faithfulness of, of, your, of you all giving, we've got the money to do it. And, and we don't have to borrow money, we're just, we're just sowing into the building so that we're going to able, be able to continue to use what God has put before us. And so we're thankful for that. So thank you for your faithfulness in giving. So let us pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to give, and we thank you for your faithfulness in giving, uh, providing for us today, Lord. And we thank you for all the things that have been done this year. Um, and, it, and are still yet to be done that you're providing for. And so today, we do pray your blessing on these things, and uh, we ask for this in your name. Amen. Praise God. We do have several things that we're looking towards for this fall. Um, we have, uh, I know several of you really enjoyed our outreach in the spring where we went down and did hot dogs for the soccer fields and uh, water and stuff. Um, we are looking at that for the fall, possibly. We're trying to check through some different things, so we're going to do some other outreach-type events like that. Um, we also have our ladies' event coming up. When is that? It, today. Look at that. I was right. Tonight. Miss Meredith, right here. Go ahead. And, she can't. I can say it. You give me. Don't speak sign language. Four to six. All right. Today. Four to six. Bring whatever food you want to share. It's going to be a great time, four to six, right here today. Um, and then um, we, the men, we do have uh, our fantasy football league coming up uh, here. And you may not be part of the fantasy football league, that's okay. But if you'd like to come out and, and enjoy food and cards and stuff, we're going to be hanging out afterwards. Um, and that is the last Sunday of the month, 28th, 5 o'clock. We're going to be meeting downstairs in the fellowship hall. Uh, there'll be the draft portion, and then we're just going to eat and um, play cards. And so all men are invited to come out and be part of that. So it'll be a good time. If you're a Euchre player, we have a pretty mean Euchre tournament that goes on. And by mean, I simply mean it is a lot of fun, and there is a lot of conversation that takes place. So come out and be part of that. It is a lot of fun, and we invite you all to be present, uh, all you men, to come out and be part of that. So... Um, I think that is it for today, but thank you all for coming out today, and uh, uh, greet someone, love on someone today. Yay!